Jewish Latin Princess episode 67, Yael Trush, Seven Jewish Parenting Principles of a Wall Street Mom. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Happy Tubav, everyone. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have a special episode. I told you that the next few days I was going to be traveling and the episode schedule was going to be a little bit different and unusual as I also have been spending a lot more time with my family. So today, I want to share a piece I wrote a number of months ago. And when I told my newsletter subscribers, by the way, are you subscribed to my newsletter? If you're not, you're missing out on a lot of good information. (laughs) And actually, it's a very fun newsletter. So I encourage you all to head over to jewishlatinprincess.com and hit that subscribe button so that you're in the loop with those. So when I shared that I had written this piece, I got a whole lot of replies from ladies writing back and saying, what? I want to read that. I want to know what the article was about. Can you tell us more? So today you can listen to it. And I know it's Tubav, so I would have been sharing with you about this very special day and joyous day in the Jewish calendar. There were seven special things that happened historically on Tubav, but given that parenting has been on my mind lately and that I just came back from sending my daughter off to sleepaway camp for the first time and that I also have a son away, right now I thought that I would share this and I only have two out of four kids at home. (laughs) So I'm not going to talk about Tubav and the seven things that happened that day or share with you an interview, although I have some really, really good ones coming up, but rather I will share with you the seven Jewish parenting principles of a Wall Street mom. And of course, the Wall Street mom in this case would be me. Um, I'm not on Wall Street anymore, but as you may know, many, many years ago, I worked in Wall Street, um, on Wall Street. And in fact, around the same time, I began learning more about Judaism and exploring it more seriously. So here we go, ladies, seven Jewish parenting principles of a Wall Street mom. Fully equipped with an MBA, zero babysitting experience, and my mother's 1976 copy of Dr. Spock, which she had diligently applied on her only child, me, I became a parent in 2006. Bullish dreams of a home managed with the precision of a CEO, the smell of freshly baked challah every week, and a team of pleasantly behaved children at the Shabbat table would soon crash if I didn't face the now acutely obvious weaknesses in my parenting resume. My days on Wall Street had not prepared me for what lay ahead a crash akin to that of 2008. Dr. Spock went to the nearest goodwill, and while I was tempted to bury my head in the Wall Street Journal, I humbly turned to Judaism's ancient wisdom for help. These seven Jewish parenting principles can help you go from bearish to bullish on your best long-term investment. 
Number one, parenting is a partnership. There are three partners in the making of man, the father, the mother, and God. Kedushin 30b. God is a partner in the parenting endeavor. We can, and dare I say must, rely on divine assistance because, quite frankly, this task is at times, if not at all times, beyond our human capacity. But as the Midrash attests, God does not make excessive demands of us. If he gave us these children, it means that they are the perfect match for us and we for them, hard as it may be to believe at times. But don't despair because this also means that it's not all up to us. We may love to Shep Nachas, but truthfully, we cannot take full credit of the, for the outcome of parenting. Number two, capitalize on core competencies. It says in Proverbs 22.6, educate the child according to his way, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. God has given each of our children unique personalities, strengths, and weaknesses. We must recognize and respect our children's individuality. The inherent way of a child, his or her God-given traits, should not be suppressed by parents. Rather, we should cultivate them to the fullest, bearing in mind that negative traits should be channeled positively. In addition, the sages explain that children must be trained in self-discipline, to set boundaries and change their habitual natures until they attain sovereignty of, of mind over heart, as it says in Tanya, chapter 12. Living a life that is guided by the framework of Torah law provides plenty of opportunities to exercise mindfulness over impulse and hone this ability. Number three, compliance is key. Honor your father and your mother so that your days should be lengthened. Exodus 20, 12. If your children exhibit chutzpah sometimes, then you're in good company. Children are not naturally inclined to treat their parents with respect. Hence the need for the fifth commandment, which by the way is about behavior, not feeling. Its inclusion as one of the big 10 suggests that rude children are nothing new, but it also teaches us how to prevent them from turning into self-absorbed, thoughtless adults. Jewish psychologist and parenting expert Wendy Mogul points out in The Blessing of a Skinned Knee that children will only accept your guidance and heed your advice if they respect you. If you don't teach your children to honor you, you'll have a very hard time teaching them anything else. By honoring their parents, children will be more likely to respect authority, the older generation, and in turn, make the leap from family to community. Their reward will thus be lengthened days to contribute to this world. Number four, hedge with love. It says in the Talmud, the right hand draws near and the left hand pushes away. King Solomon warned, one who withholds his rod despises his child. Yet, as naturally loving parents, we often wonder how much discipline and how to discipline. We do it with the less dominant hand, the left hand. Our sages emphasize numerous times that the left hand pushes away. Discipline should be implemented rarely and we can influence our children more if we approach them bedarke noam, pleasantly and peacefully. The Rambam advises that it is best to take the middle path and in his parting letter to his children, heed them to always consider what you are going to say before letting the words escape. Yes, that does suggest that we parents should stop yelling, present company included. Jewish psychologists and parenting experts recommend keeping ratios in mind to help us apply the aforementioned statement from the Talmud. Sarah Hannah Radcliffe suggests an 80-20 ratio of positive to negative interactions with our children and our spouses, and 90 to 10 for teenagers. Rabbi Dr. Avram Tversky recommends a 70 to 30 ratio, and Dr. Miriam Adahan suggests one-third love, one-third law, and one-third sitting on your hands. In other words, turning a blind eye. Whatever ratio works for you and your individual child, the message is clear. 
temper the discipline with a heavy dose of love. Number five, stick to the fundamentals. The soul of man is a candle of God. Proverbs 20 verse 27. A Jewish child has a soul that is truly a part of God above, as it says in the book of Tanya in chapter two. Focus on this fundamental part of your child and see the good inherent in them. Moreover, just like when we hold a candle near a large flame, it will be attracted to the larger flame. Our souls are attracted to its divine source. When we train our children in the observance of mitzvot, we afford them the opportunity for their souls to shine overtly. Many mothers add one Shabbat candle for each of their children. Teach your children that the world is a brighter place because of their existence, imbuing them the understanding that they are a light into the nations. Number six, be a mentor. It says in Breshit in the book of Genesis, for I know him that he will instruct his children and his household after him so that they will keep the path of God to do righteousness and justice. And of course, this is referring to Avram. We are our children's teachers of right and wrong based on the divine blueprint set from humankind, the Torah. Perhaps this is best seen in the connection between the words parent, harim, teacher, moray, instruction, horah. How we want them to live, we must first model. The Talmud lists religious teachings as well as universal teachings of a very practical nature, which we must impart on our children. The obligation to find them a spouse also means educating them to become emotionally mature adults equipped to maintain familial relationships. Teaching our children a profession means providing them with the practical skills necessary to survive and succeed in life. And aside from the life-saving component, the obligation listed there to teach our children how to swim also means teaching them the skills necessary to swim amid the risks and challenges inherent in life's murky waters. But once we've taught them how, we can't swim for them. Number seven, take risks. Lech Lecha, Breshis 12 verse 1, go forth. God told Abraham when it was time for him to leave his father's land and venture out into the unknown. This phrase, which literally means go to yourself, lech lecha, teaches us that the capabilities to go are precisely within ourselves. In order for our children to learn confidence in their abilities to triumph over life's challenges, we must allow them to venture out into the world and work things out on their own. In the process, we must be mindful to praise and encourage their efforts over their talents. Man was created to toil, it says in Eov 5 verse 7, toil, not produce. As Rabbi Tarfon says, you are not required to complete the task, yet you are not free to withdraw from it. Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 2, verse 21. When we encourage effort, we foster what Stanford University psychologist Carol Dweck refers to as a growth mindset, which results in more patience and a willingness to take risks and experiment with different tasks. When our children are being rambunctious, we wish them to be angels. Yet angels are standing, stagnant beings, umdim, who don't grow or move. It says in Sakharia chapter 3, verse 7, humans, on the other hand, in other words, are rambunctiously active kids, are holchim, movers. Unlike the angels, they climb levels and can reach higher. They can fall and they can get up again. Let them move, let them swim, let them grow. Four kids and 13 years later, I run my home with the precision of a CEO, bake homemade challah, and have a team of pleasantly behaved children some days. The other days, I rely on these parenting principles to stay the course on what I now bullishly believe to have been my best long-term investment. 
All right, ladies, there you have it. I hope you got the seven references to business and finance. But if you didn't, that's totally fine. What's important here is the Jewish parenting lessons, which hopefully are a good refresher. And you can keep these in mind as you continue to parent your wonderful children. And now I have to get to my challah and the other delicious treats my kids would like for Shabbat. Next up on Jewish Latin Princess, technology, fashion, education, a whole lot of interesting and fun ladies. Stay tuned. And go ahead and subscribe to my newsletter over at jewishlatinprincess.com. You will like it. Shabbat shalom and happy Tubav. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.